Welcome back, everybody, to This Week in Japan, the show that brings you the most trending news stories and cultural insights from Japan. Today is October 23rd, and we're coming to you live from Akasaka, Tokyo. I'm your host, Julian Domanski, and joining me, as always, is my co host and founder of Ryu Tokyo, Yasuharu Matsuno. Hey guys, welcome back. So, a quick follow up to the previous episode. We discussed last week that the anime movie Demon Slayer or Kimetsu no Yaiba is breaking records for the number of screenings in a day. But as we kind of expected, it's literally exploding. It has actually b r o k e the sales record in Japan, not only in the anime category, but in all genres. Wow. <laughs> selling over、uh, 44 million、uh, US dollars in three days. That's crazy. And it should have crossed 50 million by now.、Mm. And yeah, I, I've basically never heard of something like that. Yeah, it's, it's crazy.、Um, I mean, it's a franchise that I wasn't even that aware of until about six months ago. True. So it's crazy to me, see that. Me too, actually. Yeah, <laughs> yeah as we you know, discussed a few months ago, right? Yeah, exactly. Right. So,、um, I mean, I said this last week that I'm not really into. Kimetsu Yaiba yet. I haven't seen any of the episodes, but you went to see this movie this week, right? Yes, I did. Yeah, I went to watch it with my elder son,、mm. and he's still eight years old,、mm. but he wasn't like scared、uh, by the movie, you know,、mm. all the, the fighting scenes and stuff. Sure, yeah, okay. So, yeah, it was very well made, I must、mm. say. So, what I liked about the movie is that、uh, one of the main themes is love for your family. Okay. Which is, you know, very. Universal, right?、Mm. Yeah, and of course, all the animations for the the battle scenes、mm. were amazing too. So, yeah, I'm curious, you know, how how well it's gonna like perform outside Japan. Yeah,、uh, there's no date for the Western release, but、uh, from what I can tell from a lot of like anime loving gaijin, seems like a very popular series.、Mm. Um, so, yeah, it'd be interesting to see. So, in this episode, we're going to be discussing the following big news stories. A journalist sues a Japanese politician for liking tweets that criticized her. Thomas the Tank Engine introduces a new bullet train character named Kenji. Japan prepares to intercept cyber attacks for the Olympics. And a foreigner is arrested for selling sweets on the street. This Wednesday, the court trial began for Shiori Ito, a Japanese journalist who has filed charges against Mio Sugita, a House member of the Liberal Democratic Party. Sugita is being sued for 2.2 million yen in damages. After she liked several tweets criticizing Ito. This is the first case of its kind where the matter of liking a tweet will be considered a possible offense under certain circumstances. The politician liked several tweets that referred to an incident that occurred in June 2018, where Shiori Ito was forced to commit sexual acts by a former well known journalist at TBS, one of Japan's major TV stations. The tweets that were liked referred to Miss Ito quite harshly, saying that she failed in sleeping her way to the top, she was trying to bring down Japan, and she was a traitor who was turned by money. Furthermore, Sugita also liked many tweets that simply insulted her. In regards as to whether or not a person can be held responsible for their likes, Ito said the following I am facing this case head on in order for victims like us of second rape to be able to clearly say no to our oppressors. Second rape refers to the emotional trauma and pain suffered by rape victims afterwards. Due to Sugata's likes, I am fearful of a rise in violence and critical words from third parties. So, this is a real tricky story to discuss, right, Yasu?、Um, but obviously, the, the biggest, 
I guess you may, might call it a problem here is it's a kind of an unprecedented case, right? Mm-hmm. And it's basically like a censorship of free speech, mm. whether or not you agree with either party, if mm. you're trying to stay like very neutral in this situation. Mm. But saying that someone can't like a tweet, mm. however you feel about it, it feels like it's kind of on the borderline of oppression of free speech. Yeah, but... um First of all, like, let me state that um, it's really shameful uh, mm. what this politician has done. Of course, yeah. You know? And I personally, like, 100% support Miss Ito's decision to sue her. Mm. And, you know, why would a politician who's meant to be a representative of citizens mm. like nasty tweets to bully an individual? Yeah, right? that's a very good point, yeah. And I think... Uh, what you're saying, I mean, I see your point too, you know, if it was a, like a normal, like individual, Mm. then I think, um, you know, simply liking someone else's tweet, Mm. um, may not be considered a crime, right? Mm. Uh, this, uh, Sugita, she has like a hundred thousand followers on Twitter. Okay. So people can see what she likes sure yeah and it wasn't a coincidence because uh you know she has done it like not just once mm. but many times mm. you know it, it's a it's a worse like insult isn't it yeah for sure yeah i mean i, I completely agree with you i'm completely behind shiorito's you know um motivation and you know what she's doing um i guess my, my opening statement was more of like a neutral question it, sure, doesn't, sure. it doesn't really reflect how i feel about it yeah 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 but it, it's such a sensitive topic especially nowadays in terms of like cancel culture mm. and people getting taken down for saying any small thing mm-hmm. um whether or not i disagree with it it's maybe you could say it's a bit of a slippery slope once someone gets cancelled for a certain thing and there's like a legal record of it, you know, that kind of case has happened once before, then it opens the floodgates for more people to try and silence other people for just essentially criticizing them. But I think where this differs, it's borderline harassment, right? It's not just being critical. Sugita is not saying these things herself. Like you say, she's a politician, right? So by liking these tweets, she's essentially endorsing Mm. what what the other person is saying. Mm. And the other people are basically just being... Uh, negatively, like directly negative to uh, Shiori, mm-hmm. I think. Yeah. I just noticed that Sugita is also the politician who mentioned recently in like other occasions mm. uh, that women can lie as much as they want in a, like any like sexual assault cases. Mm-hmm. And she's got like severely criticized mm. uh, for her comment by the public. Yeah, yeah. So she has a bad reputation for this kind of thing. Mm. It's a weird opinion to have from a woman's point of view. Yeah. Um, you know, mm. I mean, I mean, this is kind of like a global movement, right? The Me Too movement mm. that made its way to Japan. Um, and Shiori Ito was one of the main advocates behind that mm. movement, especially when it came to Japan, right? Absolutely. After this, uh, like we mentioned, after this incident in 2018, she was sexually assaulted um, and raped by a member of TBS, mm. TV company. And just by the fact that she came out and said it, she faced a lot of criticism. Mm. Because in Japan, it's quite unusual for a w- woman to say that out loud. Right. Which, you know, I think most people would agree is kind of disgusting, right? Mm. That she has to feel that way. Mm. And I can, I can really, I've never heard this phrase actually, a second rape. 
But I completely understand what she means. It's mm. like, you know, someone completely violates you in the worst possible way. Mm. You think, you know, like, I, I want to get help and maybe like, you know, I can get justice brought to this person. So you decide to tell people and then all that happens is you get more criticism. I don't know, your public image and your reputation is ruined mm. because of something that somebody else did to you. Mm. Yeah, I don't know. It's kind of crazy. So yeah. I'm, I'm completely behind her. And, mm. you know, I think she's really, really brave woman. And yeah, as you said, uh, because Miss Ito has been the, basically the central figure of the Me Too movement in mm. Japan, she has recently chosen one of the 100 most influential people of 2020 mm. by the Time magazine. Oh, wow. Only two Japanese persons were selected. Wow. And can you guess, like, uh, who's the other one? Uh, wow, okay. Just uh, recall your memory from a few episodes ago. A few episodes ago. That's the biggest hint. <laughs> oh, um... And she is a woman. A woman. Oh, I've got it. <laughs> Naomi Osaka. Yeah, that's okay. correct. <laughs> that makes sense, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, no, she, she's she been influenced as well, you know, just with, not with just with her sports, but using that platform to mm. push, you know, Black Lives Matter, like we've mm. mentioned before. Um, so, yeah, it's it's a real tricky story, you know. Mm. I, every fibre of my being supports what Shiori-san is about and what she's doing. Mm. But at the same time, just in a completely neutral sense, I'm worried that maybe this might set a bad precedent in the future. Even if someone wants to say something bad, you know, it doesn't mean that they shouldn't be allowed to express their opinion. Okay, so let's move on to some entertainment news next. It was announced this Thursday that Kenji, a train based on the Zero Series bullet train, will be joining the cast of Thomas the Tank Engine in an all-new theatrical cut of Kenji's four-episode arc. The movie is planning to be released in spring of 2021 and will go by the name Kikansha Thomas Oideyo Mirai no Hatsume Show or the Thomas the Tank Engine Come One, Come All to the Future Invention show. The story will centre around Thomas and friends checking out the newest technology at the Sodor Technology Fair, where Kenji's impressive electrical power is sure to take the spotlight. The bullet train Kenji garnered immediate attention in Japan, with many tweets praising him with lines such as he's powered by Japanese spirit, and numerous comments referring to him being handsome. Of course, many memes are also being made at Kenji's expense, as of now, the tweet with the original announcement has received over 40,000 likes. Yes, yeah, so I haven't watched Thomas the Tank Engine in a long time. But when, <laughs> I, was, when I was a kid, it was like uh, one of my favourite shows. Same, same. I had yeah. all, all the VHS tapes. Mm. Um, but one thing when I first moved to Japan was like, I was so surprised at how popular it is here. It is. Yeah, yeah it's crazy. <laughs> mm. And yeah, and this is also a perfect news story for us, isn't mm. it? You know, like Thomas is a British cartoon, isn't it? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> and it's like an ultimate collaboration between Britain and Japan. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but um, yeah, I'm, I'm very happy that uh, Kenji will appear on the show as the fastest guy or the, the train in the world. Yeah. I, I like fa- fast cars, you know, fast trains, etc. Uh. So go Kenji. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it's cool. I mean, you know, we don't have bullet trains in England. Uh, they're currently building one. Oh, they are? Called, called the H2. Hmm. Um, I don't really know anything about it, but I know a lot of people are opposed to it because um, <laughs> it seems like a big waste of government funds. Mm. But, you know, 
<laughs> Britain has a big love for trains. You know, we've got lots of classic, you know, railways. Mm. And um, from what I'm aware, actually, a lot of the railway infrastructure in Japan mm. was originally designed and built by British engineers. I think so. Yeah, or yeah. at least in collaboration mm. with, you know. So um, there's a big link there. Mm. So I'm not sure. I've never seen the Japanese version of Thomas, but I'm sure a lot of you guys know at home already that the narrator in the English version, at least originally, was uh, Ringo Starr, the, the drummer. Oh, the, really? Of the Beatles, yeah, yeah. I didn't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, who does the, the voice of uh, the Japanese one? Is it anyone, like, famous? Oh, I don't know, actually. Let me check. So I just checked, and, yeah, I, I didn't know about it, but uh, it's done by a famous actor called uh, Leo Morimoto. Leo Morimoto. Mm. I mean, Leo is uh, his nickname. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. He, he's 100% Japanese, I think. Sure, sure. Sounds familiar, though. I don't know him off the top of my head, but I feel, I feel like I've heard that name before. He's been acting for many years, mm. and he's, yeah, he's getting closer to 80 years old. So, oh, okay. Yeah, he's been around for, for a long time. Sure. Well, actually, the same as Ringo Starr. I'm mm. actually looking at his uh, Wikipedia page now, and he is 80 years old. Right. <laughs> so about the same age. Interesting. Mm. And I also found some funny tweets from uh, some Japanese people. Mm. So they say that they never thought that the face of Kenji is printed on the nose of Shinkansen. You know what that means? Oh, like on the very tip, right? Yeah. You know, on the tip of the Shinkansen, there's yeah, a like, yeah. round shape. Of course, yeah. Yeah. And they always thought that the round shape part is his nose. Nose, yeah. And the lights, you know, beside him are like his eyes. Mm. So. True, yeah. And what's funny is that, that, you know what that like round part is for? What like functionality? Well, it it's just, just like to make it more aerodynamic, right? It's just break, no? That part actually, um, like, opens when it's necessary. It opens? Yeah, it does. Oh, wow. But it only opens when it's connecting to other train, I mean, or train cars. Oh, so, like, the hat, it's like a hatch opens. Yeah. And there's, yeah. like, a, there's a hook or something, like a connector? Yeah, inside? connector inside. Oh, wow. So, in case, you know, if they are connecting, or Kenji is connecting with other train. <laughs> So his face will be gone, <laughs> or or they could be like kissing with each other. <laughs> that's that's very you, funny. Yeah, when you think about it, it's just hilarious, right? Yeah, that's quite funny. I did not uh, know that. Yeah, because I mean, the front carriage of a Shinkansen just looks like the front, right? So I didn't know they could connect the front to another another car. Yeah, I, I showed the picture because it's funny. <laughs> uh, okay, yeah, yeah. So yeah, you, you know what they mean, right? Yeah, yeah, I can I can definitely imagine that now. That's hilarious. It's like a it's like a tow bar on a car mm. when you put like a caravan or something on the back, almost. Like they just kind of maybe you don't don't have caravans in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> big, big business in England, you know. We have lots of uh, countryside, you know. Oh, too British. Yeah, you guys, you don't have any fields to go camping in. So, <laughs> um, yeah, kind of. <laughs> yeah, but uh, interesting. Mm. But I guess yeah, the the location of his face. I guess I was just thinking, because I, I didn't realize that, you know, they opened in that way. Mm. But I was just thinking it did look a bit odd, mm. but just the f kind of the style they use for Thomas' faces, they're always like a like a round like plate shape, right? Mm. So like that's the only part of the train you could actually like attach it to mm. without making it like enormous. 
because that would look weird, right? I know. Like the only yeah. characters yeah, on like massive. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. So yeah, pe- people understand the you know the logic or yeah, you know, yeah, rationale yeah. like behind it, but it's just you know funny yeah. like, when you think about it this way. That is very very funny. <laughs> it does look weird though. So uh, yeah, guys at home, I would recommend just googling it. Just Kenji uh-huh. Thomas, Thomas. Tangent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just check out the picture because mm-hmm. it's just the balance looks off, right? <laughs> Because the, the trains are big and they're really long and fast and mm. his face is like really tiny, just like mm. on the tip of like the front of the, of the train. But <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I'm still like um, happy to, you know, see the new like Japanese character on the show. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, so I may gonna, you know, check it out when it, you know, the, the new episode comes out. Yeah, I think out of curiosity, um, mm. I'm going to check it out too. <laughs> okay, so let's move on to our third story of the week. Despite being postponed until next year, it was revealed this Monday that the Tokyo 2020 Olympics have recently come under attack from cyber terrorist groups. The United States and Britain made the announcement that Russian military intelligence had attempted several attacks across the world, including ones aimed at the Tokyo Olympics and Paralympics. Word was not given on the effectiveness of the attacks, but Olympic Games organizers, sponsors, and even logistics suppliers were targeted. Japanese Chief Cabinet Secretary Katsunobu Kato told the media that Japan is working closely with the US and Great Britain to analyse the situation. Russia, who has been banned from major sporting events for four consecutive years over serious and continued doping offences, is also banned from the 2020 Games. A former spokesman for the International Olympic Committee spoke about the importance of cybersecurity for the Games, saying, The IOC and the Organising Committee of the Olympic Games have identified cybersecurity as a priority area and invest a lot to offer the Olympic Games the best cybersecurity environment possible. Yeah, so before we go into details, I saw the news a couple of days ago that uh, as many as 80% of people in Japan are actually against the idea of holding the Olympics in Tokyo next July. 80%? 80%. Wow, okay. I, I was quite surprised. Because, mm. you know, I, I know this is quite, like, controversial. Sure. And there are, you know, pros and cons to holding the, mm. the Olympics. Yeah, but I didn't expect as many as, you know, that, like, majority of people are against it. Mm. Mm. Yeah, but in any case, the Prime Minister Suga and the government seems quite adamant to hold it one way or the other. Yeah, of course, yeah. Pertaining to these cyber attacks, kind of doesn't surprise me. Mm. Um, obviously, this is still, you know, not speculation, but I don't know if the intelligence agencies in Britain or America have, you know, concrete evidence. But there's been many stories like this, actually, uh, globally. Mm. So, yeah, since uh, the Olympics in 2016 and Rio de Janeiro in Brazil, um, Russia were quite obviously publicly, internationally kicked out of the competition due to doping, right? Um, But since that time, kind of Russian hacking scandals seem to be quite a common sight on the news Mm. uh, in a lot of countries, actually. I don't Mm. know about in Japan. Maybe it seems this is kind of a bit more of a fresh um, kind of occurrence in Japan. Mm. But in other countries, you know, I mean, probably most recently, you know, like uh, all these kind of Russian um, election hacking scandals in America, right? Mm. So, you know, whether or not the intelligence agencies have absolute proof or, you know, they just have a very high percentage of, you know, probability, Mm. I think Russia's capability when it comes to this kind of 
attack is mm. definitely there. Yeah, I have that impression too. Mm. Yeah, but what I don't understand is their like objective in this case. Mm. You know, if it's some like cyber attack uh, towards like large corporations, mm. which which happens like quite often in in Japan too. Sure, yeah. You know, yeah, if it's towards large corporations, I can understand. Uh, you know. To try to steal some like confidential information mm. re- related to secret technology or something, mm. or um, if they are hacking into you know servers in the U.S. I mean, as it actually happened like four years ago, mm. uh, you know they're basically trying to like interfere with the uh, you know U.S. election presidential mm. election in sure, 2016, yeah. right? But yeah, in this case, I'm not sure what they're really trying to do by mm. hacking into the, you know, uh, Olympics committee. Sure, yeah. I mean, as someone who doesn't have a deep knowledge of, you know, Russian and like, international politics and, you know, cyber attacks and things like that, I, I won't say too much, I make myself sound too stupid <laughs> by speculation, but just, you know, fr- from all the facts presented to me, it mm. just seems like a petty revenge you know Mm. like they're not allowed to join in so they're just going to try and ruin it for everybody (laughs) Mm. um exactly how that would work i'm not completely sure but you know i I guess if their objective is to you know either crash systems that are integral to the olympics Mm. whether it be logistics or you know it's such a massive event that Mm it must be reliant on so many different types of computer systems to, mm-hmm, to mm-hmm. organize it all to, you know, like TV feeds and like, you know, the kind of databases and all this right. kind of stuff. Right. Mm. Um, on the face of it. Yeah. That's, that's probably the most obvious answer I can think mm. of. But, yeah. You, you may be right. Mm. Yeah. But I would, I would guess if, you, if you're going to put so much effort into such an, such an endeavor, then there may be like a, a hidden agenda. Mm. there as well yeah i think what you said is right uh because i just found the info that uh there was a like massive uh like online like attacks in like 2018 at the winter olympics um of like south korea oh okay and basically hackers compromised like hundreds of like computers Mm. and took down internet access and disrupted like broadcast feeds Mm. okay I didn't so, hear about that one, actually. Yeah, I also didn't know about that. But. Yeah. So obviously, yeah, there's still a lot of doubt to whether or not the Olympics will go ahead next year or not. Um, and this is just like another hurdle that the government has to deal with. Mm. But you know, at least it's uh, reassuring to see that they're putting these preventative measures in place. Mm. And uh, yeah, hopefully if they do go ahead, then uh, these cyber attacks won't cause too much of a problem. Okay, so let's move on to our final and random news story of the week. A new strange sight is starting to be seen in the cities of Japan. Foreign women selling mysterious sweets to passers-by on the street. When asked by a news team, one woman quickly hides the sweets and says it is nothing. If you are able to obtain one of these mysterious sweets, you may find a brown ball with a green substance inside. According to one happy customer, it is a delicious matcha-like sweet with marshmallows inside. According to her, it was so good she even had to tell her family about it. Details of these street vendors are still being confirmed, but the snack seems to originate from the Philippines. 
although the reality of these foreign vendors may not be as sweet as their snacks. One young girl selling these sweets was handing out handwritten notes that read, I am an exchange student. Coronavirus cannot find a job. I am selling this to pay my bills and school fees. It is a problem many foreigners in Japan are facing at the moment. A lack of jobs for immigrants and numerous legal restrictions, such as legal permissions to sell in a public area, can make obtaining a livable wage difficult. Selling food without a permit is also a violation of the food sanitation law. While it provides a means to vital funds, these sweet selling vendors may soon be forced to stop. So I still haven't seen a, a picture of this uh, mystery sweets, Yasu. Uh, did you did you catch a sight of these? Yeah. So uh, one of them were packed or you know packaged nicely in the Halloween um, like wrapping. Mm. And as a matter of fact, like some people who have bought them mm. say they tasted good. You mm. know. Yeah, I have a mixed feeling about this topic mm. because uh, I know that Japan in general is a bit oversensitive about food safety. Sure. Yeah. And, um, you know, rule is a rule, but it's a bit hard to draw a line between what can be sold on the street and mm. what can't, right? Sure, of course. So, you know, for example, like, uh, why is a baked potato okay and other foods aren't okay? Yeah, true. Yeah. That's a yeah. Good point. <laughs> well, I understand the principle, but I kind of feel sorry for, you know, uh, these like foreign residents, mm. Mm, especially because, um, you know, they, they need this for their, in order to maintain their living. Yeah, right? they just need money, right? It's mm. uh, it's tough, yeah. So, yeah, just to give you a bit more context uh, to our listeners, mm. um, if you go to a restaurant in, like, Japan, right? Mm. And, yeah, you can't finish eating all of them. Mm. And you decide to, you know, kind of, like, bring it back home. Sure. But the thing is that most restaurants don't allow you to do that. Oh, okay. You know that, right? Yeah, yeah, in Japan, yeah, yeah. It's like, if you you want to say, like, get a, what we call it, a doggy bag, right? Mm. Uh, you can't get a doggy bag in Japan. Yeah, and most restaurants don't even have those uh, bags. Uh, yeah, they the don't have, place. like, trays ready, right? No, it's right. It's just not a, it's not a consideration to them, is it? But it's a bit sad, especially if you order a course meal mm. and you finish eating all the foods and you thought it's 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 over right mm. but then they you know they kind of like uh serve you a delicious you know dessert yeah yeah like you know uh, such as cakes mm. and you just can't eat them sometimes <laughs> you, you've experienced that before right yeah it's painful <laughs> having to sit there and look at a dessert that you can't finish. yeah and it's even more painful you know if you can't eat it and if you can also bring it back home true yeah and you're like, oh, you know, can, can I, you know, uh, mm. I, I want to eat this like tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. You know, <laughs> can I bring this? And they're like, unfortunately, you know, for the the safety, you know, food safety concerns, mm. you can't, you know. And they they, they look so sorry. But yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, this is where I, I would step in with a gaijin smash and uh, just bring a Tupperware box. Yeah, you can do that. Yeah. I think <laughs> they have no choice, right? Yeah, yeah. Mm. What are they going to do? Like wrestle it out of your hands? <laughs> <laughs> like, that cake cannot leave this restaurant. <laughs> uh-huh, uh-huh. But in most cases, I, I don't carry, you know, my, my Tupperwares. You don't? <laughs> <laughs> or should I? Yeah. yeah. I mean, of course, yeah, most times it's very unusual to be doing that. Mm. You know, maybe you've been at work and you had some lunch, you know, you had a sandwich or something. So you might have a Tupperware bag in your box. 
mm. by just sheer luck, but it's very unusual that you would have such a thing, right? Right. And I know that restaurants are simply following the rules set by the government, but I always think if they were, you know, a bit more flexible. Mm. It would it would obviously be better, yeah. And, you know, going back to the, the main topic, right? Mm. If those, uh, like, sweets, like, made by those foreign residents mm. are bad or, you know, taste bad or, you know, either, like, unsafe and stuff, sure. it could have made more sense, right? But it's just a bit sad, uh, especially mm. because people are saying they taste good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So as a foreign resident myself, obviously, um, I can appreciate the position that these people are in. But saying that, it kind of just applies to anybody, right? Especially in this this moment in time, Corona just making people's lives difficult. Mm. It always depends what line of work you're in. Um, and I think that, you know, some foreigners have an easier time finding work than others. Mm. Same as some Japanese people have an easier time finding work than others. True. Um, but I think where it's, particularly difficult for foreigners is usually you don't really have any family around you mm. typically right mm, um, mm. so finding support when you are low on financial support mm. or you know usually it comes down to like Japanese ability you know mm. so if you do need some support maybe maybe there's some kind of like social support that they could go and apply for but maybe they just don't know how to mm. or I, I really don't know what situation these people are in but sure um I think, yeah, being a foreigner in Japan, especially with the language barrier, it, it always makes things two or three times more difficult mm. than being a native, obviously. So that wraps it up for all the news stories this episode. Now let's jump into our final segment of the show, Word of the Week. So as always, I'm going to introduce you to two Japanese English words today. Okay. And the first one is related to one of the topics that we discussed today. Okay, interesting. So that's a great hint. <laughs> And the word of the week is kimehara. Kimehara. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, I already know exactly what this is going to be. Okay, explain. Well, I know what the word is. I don't know the exact meaning. Yeah, yeah, that's the tricky part. Kimetsu no yaiba harassment. Precisely. Or simply kimetsu harassment. Kimetsu, yeah. Um, okay, well, yeah, I've, not, I've never heard that before. But this kime, I couldn't think of another word. I mean, for don't kime. don't worry. Uh, maybe ninety percent or ninety nine percent of Japanese people have never heard of it. <laughs> But it's just that, like, uh, very recently, especially since last week, mm. uh, a few people started uh, using it online. Yeah. On, on social medias and whatnot. Well, yeah, I saw a funny tweet. A guy who, he liked to buy a certain type of chocolate milk. Mm. It was like mint chocolate milk. Mm. And the pattern on the box was like a brown and green checkered square mm. pattern. Mm. Which is the exact same pattern used for the the main character's right um, outfit, right in mm. in the in the, uh, in the show. Mm. So the guy in the tweet was basically saying like he used to buy this milk all the time, but now he's too embarrassed to take it to the checkout. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I also saw a similar tweet saying that you know th this one clothes 
mm. that he he liked for many years. Right. And it's got the green and black like a checker. Yeah. And now he can't wear it like outside. <laughs> Because, you know, people just assume <laughs> that he's a hardcore uh, Kimetsu fan. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, but Kimehara mm. means a bit different. It needs to be harassment, right? Some sort of. Yeah. Is it like in reverse, though? Like, um, where like people who don't stop talking about Kimetsu Yaiba. Ah, close, close. So like, if yeah. you, like you're a person that doesn't care about it at all. Mm. And then like other people just keep telling you about it or keep saying like, why haven't you watched it yet? Yeah, so the last part of what you said is exactly the answer. Uh, I see, okay. Yeah, it's like, hey, like, you know, Kimetsu is like, you know, going crazy. <laughs> and, you know, yeah. you haven't watched it? Why? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, why don't you watch it? You know, you should go watch it like today. Right, yeah, right now. Yeah. <laughs> right now. Yeah, I mean, it, it sounds stupid. Uh, but for any kind of uh, trend, yeah, yeah. you know, when like uh, your friends like oversell you. Mm then you get annoyed, right? Yeah, of course. I mean, yeah. yeah, this happens with, like, all big shows, right? Yeah. I mean, that's probably the Pretty most much. recent example in the West would probably be something like Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. Yeah, I was thinking of the same thing. So, like, yeah, yeah. if you're in a group of, like, 10 people, and there's always mm -hmm. one person that's never seen mm -hmm. it, and everyone's like, oh, my God, what? You've never you seen it? You are missing out. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah. Oh, you're a loser. You know, yeah. that, that kind of attitude. <laughs> Yeah, mm. game, game, hara. <laughs> game, hara. <laughs> game of harassment. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like, so that, that happens with every franchise, right? Mm. So I think it speaks a lot about Kimetsu's popularity that even though it happens for almost everything that's popular, mm. Kimetsu might be the first one to actually get its own term. I think so. For harassment, right? Yeah. yeah. That's how often it's said to people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, um... Have you ever committed Kimehara? Kimehara? Uh, not yet, I hope. <laughs> to me. <laughs> Go watch the movie. Yeah, Go watch it. the movie. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but exactly. Uh, that's, that's basically how popular it is. Yeah, interesting. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that's that. And I also encountered another uh interesting or, you know, crazy sounding uh harassment related word. Oh, okay, another one. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, so here's the second one. It's called kasuhara. Mm, kasuhara. Okay. I mean, obviously, as yeah. you already know, hara is a shortened form of harassment. Harassment. Yeah. And what is kasu? I saw a new one this week called Logihara, like logic harassment. Yeah, I saw that one too. Maybe we read the, the same article. Possibly, right? yeah, but I didn't see Kasuhara, so I wish I had read it now. Damn. <laughs> yeah, I think I'll, I'll have to accept defeat on this one, Yasu. I can't think what Kasuhara means. Uh, yeah, but um, just to, you know, navigate your thoughts. Okay, Like, Please. Kasu should be a shortened form of an English word that starts with Kasu something. Yeah, I mean, I mean, that's usually how this game works, right? But yeah, I, yeah. I just can't think of a word like that. Casanova. Casanova. Yeah. Mm, that's casa, right? Kasu. This is kasu. Casu. Cas. Customer. Customer. Oh, right, because it's customer. Yeah, okay. Damn, katakana. Yeah, because yeah. <laughs> yeah. cost, right? Customer. Customer. But it's Kasuhara. Kasuhara. Yeah, yeah, yeah that, that's why it's That's tricky. throwing me off. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I mean, Kasu in, in Japanese, yeah. in, in the real Japanese word, mm. means a piece of shit. <laughs> if you knew it. It's very, like, um, you know, aggressive, yeah. uh, abrasive word. Mm. But, 
Yeah, in this case, it's a shortened form of a customer. Customer, okay. And can you guess the meaning? Um, well, in that regard, then, because like we've talked about before, like how like, Japanese customer think they are uh-huh, God, right? Uh-huh. So I guess it just means that when the customer kind of gets above their station and treats you uh-huh. like a piece of shit, basically. It, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. I mean, like... Uh, you made such a good, like, educated guess because, uh, you know, you didn't think it's the other way around, right? Mm. It's not the, the shop owner or shopkeeper harassing their customer, yeah. which virtually never happens in Japan. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, you, you're right. You know, based on, like, uh, you know, customers or God type of attitudes. Mm. Yeah, some some customers are um, to, like, they just go out of line, you know, to kind of, like criticize or you know attack yeah, yeah. the the shop owner or yeah just, shop staff yeah just way too much I've never seen it in person but I've seen quite a few videos like viral on Twitter before mm-hmm, mm-hmm. just same, same usually old men you know uh-huh. <laughs> not to generalize but it's usually old men mm-hmm. uh, from the west have you heard this term Karen like a, a Karen a Karen yeah so like uh, when you refer to someone as a Karen they're usually like a middle aged white woman. Who uh, always complains to like customer service true, true. or like goes into the store and like demands to speak to the manager mm. or whatever. But in Japan, it's kind of like the, uh, the slightly older, like 60, 70 year old, like men, mm. I think who get agitated, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Cause a scene. <laughs> yeah. It's very unfortunate, but I must agree. Yeah. What's the most like generic old man's name in Japan? Mm. Like a classic Showa era name. Can you think of one? Let, let me check. That, that's <laughs> sure. an interesting question. This is incredible. So Japanese men mm. that are born in 1960s, mm. the single most popular name was Makoto. Makoto. Oh, mm. okay. Like for almost like 10 consecutive years. Oh, okay. So maybe we can call them Makotos. Like this guy's a real Makoto. Uh-huh. Know? So uh, she's such a Karen. Yeah, 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 for, yeah. For Japanese guys, mm-hmm, he's mm-hmm. a Makoto. He's a bit of a Makoto-san. Kasuhara guy. Kasuhara otoko. Yeah, that's it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah you know, we're, we're just pioneering all kinds of new words today. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> so whenever we find a problematic, like, old man, mm. I mean, we can kind of, like, secretly, like, refer to him as, oh, like, Makoto. Ma- Makoto. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so that's all for this week in Japan. Whichever platform you're listening to us on, make sure that you're subscribed for a new episode every single week. Thanks for listening, everyone. We're also releasing new videos every week on our YouTube channel, so search for View Tokyo and find us there. Okay, everyone, so stay healthy, stay safe, and make sure that next time you're in the shops, don't be a Makoto. Nor Karen. (laughs) (laughs) And don't do any kasuhara to the friendly staff, bending over backwards to help you. And we'll see you next week for the very next episode of This Week in Japan. Mm-hmm.